love that little voice. I know. The first time that little voice came on to say recording in progress, I got quite afraid. <laughs> I think everyone did. It was like, where has that come from? I didn't know that song there now. You never notified us. Zoom I have a love-hate relationship with Zoom. I love it because it allows me to record podcasts. It allows me to continue to teach my classes during the madness that we live in at the moment. But fucking screens, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's when they change the rules without telling you or they've sent you an email but you haven't read it or they update something and I go, what happened? Like, I've recorded it right and they've just updated it again. Never never read updates. Never read updates. No. So welcome to the I Am Jen Wilson, the Healing Rebel podcast. Um, today I have a phone. I'm actually going to put my blue light glasses on just to protect my eyes a little bit um we welcome emma thomas from Dot prem yoga and therapy i am delighted to have you on so we've known each other maybe six seven eight months it was like the summer that we met in person for the first time but i think we've been following each other on instagram for quite a while before that maybe yeah. a, year, a year or so yeah i think so yeah yeah and I have been to you on part of my healing journey for massage and Reiki, which has uh-huh. been phenomenal. And I will be back for more Reiki because I do really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have your yoga and therapy business, which why do you, let's just start with, why don't you introduce yourself and what it is that you do with your business? Okay, so my name's Emma. Um, I'm clearly not from Glasgow, <laughs> but I moved up here. <laughs> I moved up here in in March after some time working in healthcare. Um, but my, I think my journey and my business has developed around my own um, life, really. So when I was 17, I was kind of knocked back with some autoimmune issues um, that really frightened me to be honest at 17 was quite a big it was quite a big deal no one in my family had really suffered from anything like that and it was really acute and a violent attack in my eye so when you're 17 and you're wanting to go out looking amazing (laughs) putting drops in your eye hourly um is not great and also the doctors that I was dealing with at the time I think maybe because I was young or maybe that kind of shift in ages at the time, they weren't really very helpful. They were just like, oh, it's just something you need to take steroids for. It'll be fine. It'll either come back or it won't. There was no real reasoning for it. And that, even at 17, didn't really fit very nicely with me. And I was like, nah, this has got to, this has got to change. So it wasn't until my 20s when I was getting really regular acute attacks that I really deeply looked into it. Um, and stopped being that kind of person that got ill every few months. So, um, and it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy at all. But I slowly, um, my journey evolved a little bit. So in 1999, I did my Reiki training. I went into holistic therapy, Swedish massage, aromatherapy. In my own life, I started to look at diet and changes to um my own life and like cutting back drinking and food and I just became this kind of holistic warrior um but obviously 
I think with the autoimmune journey, that's it. We tend to go on these big healing processes and then it becomes quite difficult to sustain, especially when you're young. Um, it's really hard. You're, you're trying to fit into this perfect box and it doesn't really exist. So that kind of continued for quite some time. I took on loads of different um, uh, training courses. I I worked with palliative care and then I went to work into healthcare as well, specifically working with people in a rheumatology clinic. So I, you know, I worked with people that were not strangely really like me, <laughs> to be honest, when you look back, you know, I was meant to be there. So I was counselling young girls like me that were diagnosed with lupus and all sorts of things in it. And it really helped me, I think, to understand my own processes a lot more. Um, and that continued and then I took some yoga training my kundalini yoga training and that changed my entire life <laughs> it was just like the first few months I was there um well first two weekends my teacher had a you know sorry the life you ordered is not in stock sign above her head and I was like yeah okay but yeah, so everything changed. But prior to that, I'd, I'd had quite a deep traumatic kind of my father died. I, you know, was drinking too much and then I got hit with grapes. So, um, yeah, before, before I took that journey, I had to go through this process of, of adjusting my life. And so I became bit of a puritan I suppose about everything food and whatever um, and then I took my kundalini journey and they, and graves was still there it was still within me but what is I, sorry so graves disease is an autoimmune disorder and it's um it's chronic hyperthyroidism so you'll have heard of Hashimoto's or people with low thyroid when you've got a hyperthyroid your body is in overdrive so I lost I lost weight I was shaking I didn't I would be wiped out I had lots of adrenaline I'd get quite angry in the real depths of it I had a tick I was you know I'm working in healthcare in quite a high stress highly stressful ward um with big responsibility and you know being paranoid <laughs> and worried about you know your own thoughts when you're on that um on that ward it was really difficult and I took a month out and I, I slowly came to terms with you know my life had to change I started writing I was doing photography I slowed everything down to be able to yeah. heal and, and on that journey started a lot more going back to meditation and yoga and that's when the kundalini yoga started creeping into my life I couldn't um I couldn't find a teacher near me. They're few and far between in Lincolnshire. So I um, did my training <laughs> without really knowing. Yeah. <laughs> so for an, for an interview lesson that doesn't know what Kundalini yoga is, can you explain it? So all yogas are the same. They all have this basic um, awareness of, you know, we, we have these, parts of ourselves these energies that are rooted in the lower parts of our spine these energetic spaces and right down in the root chakra um, and the process of yoga is to 
work the body with breath and meditation and movement to bring this potential, this pure potential energy up, right up um, into our consciousness. And so that's what Kundalini is, is this potential energy. So we all have this life force, this seed of potential within us. But until we bring it up to our pure awareness, our consciousness, so it's like bringing the dark to the light, um, we're living in this physical world of not nothingness, but, but not our fullest life. That's how I see it anyway. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> Kundalini yoga is quite, it's, it's really, when you look back, it's based on um, Tibetan yogic practices. So very much based on the lymph and the glandular system, you know, working the body. The breath is very powerful. They use a lot of mantra as well. So it's a big mix of a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of different practices. So I do chant quite a lot. Yeah, and it's quite, I think Kundalini is one of the, the sort of lineages that's stayed closer to its roots than a lot of the other ones. A lot of the other ones have dropped a lot of the breath work, dropped a lot of the chanting, dropped a lot. I mean, I know when I teach to the people that I teach to because I know them, we do breath work, mm. we do, but I don't do chanting with them. Yeah. Because I know who, I know who they are. And yeah. to be honest, when I do chant, when I have done chanting with my teacher, I don't always, I don't get it. Like, and yeah. for me, when I'm teaching, I'm like, I want to teach something that I get. And I go, yes, I, I've experienced this. I understand the benefit of it. And this is how I teach it. So for me, I'm, just, I'm, I'm still the student in that chanting part of it yeah. or in, in the vocal part of it. And that's probably a part of my journey of finding my voice. And <laughs> as I'm saying- Definitely. Like, yeah, oh. definitely. <laughs> I've just been like a light bulb going off. I think I think that was that was my revelation was actually I didn't want to chant. It made me uncomfortable to be chanting stuff that I didn't really recognize. But if you think about where my issues were in my thyroid, my throat chakra, and you look at it and really you know, but you don't know. <laughs> and as I was moving through the body and working with mantra more and more, my I found my voice, my inner voice became a lot stronger. So when I spoke, instead of being this nervous, ticking little girl, I started to speak with a little bit more clarity. And there, there have been moments in my life when I've really struggled to speak, you know, working in quite a big, healthcare environment is really hard when you're you know you're quite shy you're you know you're wanting to do what you want to do but actually your narrative doesn't fit their narrative um and I've I've been home and chanted for hours before and really like until I've cried and probably nearly, nearly vomited on a couple of occasions because it's literally bringing that energy up and out and and it's really cleared it and so I you know I mean alongside a lot of other things food and medication and advice and guidance and healing on my own journey I'm in remission yes yeah, so it's it I know I know I deeply know and I was just writing about this this morning I deeply know that that chanting mantra has been um a big healing part of my of my thyroid definitely yeah. yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the yoga, well, all of the yoga chanting is in Sanskrit, like in original language. Mm -hmm. But 
I've had teachers who've said it doesn't really matter what it is you chant and you can have a Christian passage or yeah. Buddhist or whatever or just a, 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 like an affirmation or the lyrics of a song that you really yeah. enjoy because it's about the intention of creating this vibration in your body, that vibration yeah. in your body creates movement in, in your body, which is what is healing. Yeah. And it, and it's what resonates, and that vibration is what resonates. I mean, I was teaching yesterday morning. I'm I'm doing a four weekly meditation with some students online, um, about restoring the power. And the meditation is important, and the hand movements and the eye focus. But I did say that yesterday. Don't focus on chanting the mantra. Feel it. Make it. See how it makes you feel. And there are certain mantras I know in the last two or three years when I was really struggling working in the environment I was working in. They popped up into my head as I was work, as I was going into work, you know. And the one mm-hmm. that I taught yesterday is really one that's powerful. It's for courage, and I I found myself singing that as I was walking through to work. And there's no, I, you know, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Um, yeah. Those things pop up into my head when I need them, and often it can be, you know, say a Lord's Prayer or something like that, or I am, I am, or whatever it may be. But I know that having that constant vibration inside starts to move something through the body and I think you know to me that's what yoga is it doesn't really matter the movement or what you can do or what you can't do it's about how do you feel what does your body feel it needs next and that's that's been the process for me is knowing that this morning I you know I needed a bit more rest or whatever and and yoga that is yoga (laughs) to me it's that deep knowing that deep understanding of yourself it's not just getting on the mat hitting that once a week and seeing how you feel there's absolute benefits of that but it's a way of life for me yeah yeah and I think even without trying like I, I started going to a yoga class regularly probably around 2012 2013 because everything I did was high intensity high energy and I could just do something that grounded me that let me rest that yes and interestingly for me when I when I look at my my journey I had stopped going to the regular yoga class as the symptoms of Crohn's started to present themselves and I was like oh my god I've let that go that's that's why it happened obviously there's many other reasons why I have Crohn's yeah but I, I really recognised that that was a benefit. So then when I started feeling well enough from that initial Crohn's flare, I then spoke to my yoga teacher and was like, I need to do my yoga teacher training because I need this to be part of my life. I have no yes. because I let it go. Yeah. And then you bring it in. It's been, I mean, yoga's been a massive part of my life forever, really, on and off, you know, like sweating in little village halls in the countryside and, you know, being outside on the grass and stuff so I've, I'm like a classic I've explored it in lots of different ways and I've been a full yogi and then you know fallen off the wagon but I think it was more physical for me then it's definitely more um an embodied and spiritual kind of way of, of living really and I suppose I've I've struggled in the past to accept that spiritual part of me or it didn't fit right with the people that I lived with or that ma- it made them feel uncomfortable so I've never embraced it so now I'm kind of living that life actually it is a journey and it's a process for me 
every day to kind of ask yeah. myself what's next. And it still, it still feels a little bit, I'm kind of moving my shoulders now, it's still like an outfit that doesn't quite fit. <laughs> but we're getting there, yeah. yeah. Layers and layers and layers of societal conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. We need to peel back. I think, I think this is what I found was that I needed, you know, people were trying to fix me. Um, and it wasn't about fixing, it was, it was peeling back what, what had hurt me, what had um, created this. Because we're not, you know, your body isn't really fighting itself. It, why would it? It loves you. It wants to look after you. It wants to survive. So it's really about, you know, knowing what, what those things are that have poked little holes in you that you need to just have a look at and love again. Yeah, that's how I find it. <laughs> I was having a, a chat with Lilia from Heal Scotland the other day, and it's not a recorded podcast yet, but she is going to be on the podcast again. And we were talking about that, that everything always comes back to that forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. about forgiving other people. It's about forgiving yourself, for beating yourself up for the way that you've responded to things throughout your exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think those experiences that we've had, I know this came up for me recently with some old family members, was, you know, what what is going on here and you you have to look at we each have our own experiences of life and when things have gone wrong or we've had breakups or arguments whatever we each see that experience totally differently so it's just about knowing that whatever the lesson was for you yes it was hurtful and harmful but was you know was that hurtful and harmful intentional from the other person generally and generally it's not um, and sometimes things can be forgiven, but never, I don't know, never revisited. You know, you never have to go back there, but to be to forgive it on a level where it's deeply in you, I think is important on a healing journey. Yeah, because I know I a course with Gabor Matty. It was an online course, I think, the start March 2020. Um, and he said that there's no hierarchy when it comes to trauma. And I'm just reading um, Stephen Porges book, The Pocket Guides to Polyvagal Theory, and he's he talks about that as well. He's like, like that everybody's experience is everybody's experience that's unique to you. You can't compare what you've gone through versus what somebody else has gone through. And it's also important for people who are working with people who yeah. have experienced something and recognising that whatever happened in that event, the event's not important, it's how you, your body's responded to it. Exactly. And your body's responded for survival. It's yes. not, oh, look at that, I've had a panic attack, that's a bad thing. That's your body responding to that event to keep you safe in that moment. Yeah. But then it learns to repeat that process where it might not be appropriate at that time. So it's going, oh, yeah that's okay, this is a survival technique and even acknowledging that takes that pressure off you. Yeah. Coming back to acknowledging that that's, that first event was a survival and that's amazing and you should celebrate that. Yeah. And that, that mindset flip, it's like I'm sitting reading my book going, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> coming up, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> It's the remembrance, you know, those those triggers. They're just the remembrance of something that happened to you, aren't they? And it's knowing that that's, you know, it doesn't have to be relived each time. It doesn't have to be. If we understand it a little bit better, 
and you know definitely working I mean I, I you know even though with graves it's gone blood wise and you know medically wise it's gone it's still within me I still you know if I have too many coffees it's still there that adrenaline is still within me so I have to be really aware of where that trigger came from and when I'm and I'm really aware of when I'm not speaking yeah <laughs> very much so and and that's hard because I don't you know I like people to like me everyone does so sometimes when you're saying things that are uncomfortable for people and that's you know that's really hard um but it's about it's about the shit sandwich isn't it it's about you know giving everybody giving everybody the right to go well actually I don't really agree with that being nice either side of it um yeah and it and it is it's lifelong I think I think we always feel like we we reach a point in life and then we're done oh we're done we're cooked this is me Ta-da. it doesn't it's not like that it's not like that just finally figured that out at 47 next month <laughs> <laughs> 43 next month and I, I remember thinking that I was listening to Gabor Matty um speaking on a podcast and he's in his mid-70s now yeah he's still on this journey and I thought oh fuck <laughs> you drove again when does it end <laughs> I got on the wrong bus I'm on the wrong journey <laughs> have to do this but I also don't I don't want to be yeah. on that I don't want to be on that bus we are no. still, still numbing myself <laughs> no exactly using my body to not experience yeah experience. like okay this let's make friends with this this is actually a gift because I'm learning about me and then what I learn I can then share with other people yeah and I, and I think I think anyone that's in that process now anyone that's teaching I think has been through a level of that process themselves or what whatever that whatever the story is behind it you know I didn't I wouldn't say I chose um this journey it kind of chose me but maybe I did I who knows um but I mean dropping at 17 I know at 17 to have those issues was awful but I know from 14 Probably earlier, I was having lots of these issues. I can remember getting massive pain in my gut before I started um, comprehensive school and being told, get to the doctors, you know, what's the matter with it? It's indigestion. It was like, it wasn't. It really wasn't. It was like this total reaction of, this isn't right for me. (laughs) And it never was, by the way. (laughs) It never was. The same kind of thing, you know, really enormous back issues when I was 14 or 15. It carried on I used to get loads of irritations in my skin and the more someone tried to fix me the worse it got it just moved somewhere else it yeah. literally poked me in the eye it literally poked <laughs> me in the eye <laughs> yeah when I didn't listen to the left eye it poked me in the right one <laughs> I've got the secret language of the body and it talks about metaphysical. And it was um, I was having a therapy session with Julia Melville, um, uh-huh. one of the in the Perfect Wellness Centre, and she was like, "Have we ever looked at like the essence of what Crohn's is?" And so she brought she had the copy of the book she brought out. Yeah. She started reading it for me, and I was like, "Yeah, that is me." Yeah, <laughs> definitely. 
it was amazing and then I bought the book and I've, and I've like spoken to other people that I've got stuff on and I'm looking up the book and I'm like reading it to them and they're like that is me yeah. <laughs> you start to see it in other people I mean Louise Hay was my you know heal your life and when I when I looked at it it was like um unable to see the future with with joy and love and yeah that was that was right I was freaking out inside I was scared to death and all I saw around me was other people doing the same thing and so mm. I was just reacting as they reacted and and you know it's still I, my last flare was before I moved up here in November because I'm so stressed out but I don't worry about it anymore I, I can see the future with I know what it is now it's, it's okay with graves it was yeah voice it was you know voice but I mean I can remember going back, back in and seeing someone in A&E about getting some medication and he was like we got any other issues and I said well yeah but I've had like irritated skin and then he went you're a very inflammatory girl aren't you Emma <laughs> so, yeah, all of this stuff inside me is just like ah, trying to get out and it was real anger and mm. and it's you know, it still resonates that. So I do do, even if I'm not yogurt, I will still put some music on and really stomp it out. And I love the outdoors, you know, getting into swimming and stuff since I've moved here. It's been a huge game changer for me, that stillness in the body and that, you know, being in the water, just in that survival mode of being in the cold and being scared to get in you know it's been a real journey from last March and will probably be lifelong I think because I feel there's like a relationship within that nature now there's that you get in and you, you're freezing cold but she as I've decided to call her now the water is like it really does it really speaks to me and I, as much as I've always been in nature and loved it I've never had that kind of conversation with her before. So that's, yeah, that's a real, like a shamanic kind of change in the stuff that I do, which I think is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I think it was Teal Swan that I was listening to yesterday and she said being in water is being as close to source as you can be because it's like being in the womb. You're it, it is. Really as being as close to source as you possibly can be while you're an alive being. Yeah, it's like a great mother, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And when you, when you call, when you call the water, she that just makes sense to me. Yes. I mean, uh, people are like, "What?" You know, people are swimming. They're like, "Whatever." But mm. actually, when you, I wrote a, a blog about it just recently, and, and I posted it on some of the swimming groups, and they were like, "Wow, that really resonates." And it might not be their language, but it's definitely what they feel when they're in the water. And I think it's really important to share that. That. You know, and I've swam in groups and it's lovely, but I think my journey is to be there alone mm. or with a really small group of people that are just in that on their own journey. So, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the way forward for me. Yeah. yeah. Hermit like by a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to go back and touch on anger. Because anger is something, particularly for women, that we are not allowed socially, acceptably, to express and have probably from a very young age been given into trouble for being angry, been encouraged to suppress it and not show it because people, women who are angry, oh, look at her, she's a psycho, oh, look at her, she must be on her period. There's always a 
toxic comment around an expression of anger and it's something that again I'm aware of that I don't know how to express anger as a small child I would have epic tantrums (laughs) and I I actually still remember one because my mum when I had tantrums my mum used to just put me out in the hall she's like going have your tantrum I'm not listening to it I remember feeling so committed to a tantrum once that it it lasted a bit way beyond like and I remember thinking there's no point to this she's not paying any attention to me but I was I was doing it and I'm like I'm fuck this and I'm staying here (laughs) I was only about two or three and I'm like (laughs) but I I didn't get the attention that that I wanted but now as an adult I'm like I don't know how to express anger, so I just bottle it. And that's something that's very much connected to this pressing down of anger into yeah. the, into the And my my family, when I look at my family, they're not angry people. They don't get angry about stuff. So it's like you've never had somebody to show you this is how you're angry, and then you yeah. it and then go on with it. It's like, oh, this is something I need to learn how to do. Is that something you have managed to? Um, I'm thinking about, I know what you mean. I'm thinking about family. Mine was the exact opposite. Everyone expressed anger really a lot. <laughs> Quite a lot. Because um, you see that and go, I don't want to be like that. Whereas I don't know how to be like that. <laughs> I know what you mean, and, and anger has been a real issue for me, and that, that rage that I felt when I, when I had rage is still there. I still get that. And the world around me, I sometimes look around and think, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> how, is this, how is this happening? I think with anger now, um, I don't know whether I have actually learned to process it. I do... When I feel it, I try to really stomp it out with music. I do a lot of breath of fire to kind of release it. It brings it up. When I'm really angry, I struggle to cry. Um, so I, I try to kind of bring it up the best I can within my body. But I know what you mean. It's it's felt deeply in that area of your stomach where you just want to really rage it out. Um, I do. I do think... I write a lot and I also think once I've spoken those words out loud then that really helps but it's dependent on what kind of rage you know what kind of anger that you've got because it's it's the good girl syndrome isn't it it's the everyone I mean I've been like you're mental you know literally you're mental and then you go back and you think yeah, I mean, I wrote about my rage with my ex-husband and, you know, to express so much rage at him and then feel this suicidal guilt afterwards. So I try not to put it on anybody else, but try to, if it is a rage about somebody else, write it out, speak it out, practice what you're going to say. But of course it still comes. Of course it still comes I'm very lucky to have some not many people in my life but some really good people that know what I've been through and and they don't understand it but but they know and they love me enough thankfully <laughs> to take some of my shit <laughs> bless them um yeah 
yeah I, there's still a lot of things that I do I don't say to people because there's just no point so it's how how do you embody that rage and I think that's really important yeah. and love yourself enough to know it's okay to feel that I think that's really important too yeah definitely to feel it acknowledge it it's then learning when do you say and react or respond to the if it's somebody that's right in front of you for you to be able to go do you know what you're a fucking dick or <laughs> breathe whatever it is learning a way and I know I have tried to express anger in situations and got it wrong but I also know that's okay because that's a learning process I deal with it this way oh actually shouldn't have said that shouldn't have done that I've had to go back and apologize next time I'll yeah. do it better and because it, it, it's part of the journey it's part of that learning process to give it a go and especially when you're exploring and you realize this is something that you do you go okay right I don't want to be like that anymore and when you don't have somebody to can help and even if you did have somebody to say well you could do it this way do it that way that's their way of doing it yeah that yeah work for you yeah so you might do it and then you might just go uh-huh. and you're fucking you're an arsehole blah, blah, blah. and then you go away and journal about it and then afterward and then they maybe treat you the same way again because they don't know that they angered you so it's then okay right going and journal about it's fine to a point but they also need to this person needs to learn all this as well or whatever the situation is it's like yeah and give yourself permission to be wrong absolutely i mean repression of any kind is never really good but it's but it's like you say it's how you respond rather than react and we've all got triggers we've all got these things and at the moment in this world we are learning about have people having totally different reactions and responses to a situation and trying to allow that to be because that's yeah. how we learn that's how we learn is being able to say that's okay for you it's not okay for me yeah and that you know I I understand why (laughs) but but in this whole new way that we're starting to live in this Aquarian age it's about that it's about having all of that polarity even within ourselves and saying that's okay it's okay because it is just what it is yeah that's all we can do yeah and I think it's it's challenging as well because we're trying to learn this in a digital age as well where everything's written down in text yeah where you you maybe in a conversation like this it's still difficult because there's a screen between you so you're not feeling necessarily the person's energy the same way as you would if you were in the room from them but if it's just words on Facebook or Twitter or whatever platform and you read it you read it and you're yeah. interpreting not how they've meant it so it, everything gets blown the person people. doesn't know you you know they don't know your background you're just a face on a page but they read what you what you portray out there but that's what we all do I've just I've literally just been writing about this this morning about you know how do we you know how do we um project out if we don't know ourselves, how are we, what are we projecting out to the world and how can we make these decisions based on a falsehood, really? Um, and we do it. We all do it, especially Facebook and whatever is, is you know, 
the platform for it it's all about looking good and not really saying anything deeply um but it but it's good it can be used so well and for so much benefit and I think we're getting there I think we're understanding it a little bit more but that's the process isn't it you've been given something that can create that and now we've seen this breakdown of what it can cause now what can we do with it because it's here to stay so now not let's just shut it down let's just start a new you know platform it doesn't work like that we have to work with what is and what is is what's now and what's within us um and I think that's really important I've heard a lot of people friends of mine that I've listened to oh I'm coming off social media I hate it I hate it and then spend the next week you know watching it constantly because that's what it does you know if you shut something down in yourself something it's it's trying to make you learn it's triggering something to make you learn and that's that's been my lesson is you can't any part of you you can't say no to Mm. the good stuff and the shite stuff you've got to be (laughs) okay with it you've got to be okay with it or not okay with it and try to understand it yeah I think the social media is so I'm going off on a complete tangent here, but the social media thing, I deleted my personal Facebook page about two two years ago because mm. every time I went on it, I just felt angry. Yeah. Somebody had read something that I wrote and they've taken their interpretation and completely misunderstood or cherry-picked something. Yeah. Slushes of anger. And I was like, this is not healthy. So I deleted my personal account, kept my my business page and I've got a dummy personal account now that doesn't have any friends on it yeah. so the only things that I now see are things that make me feel better and I'm in groups where I'm like yeah these are these are my people and it's not about creating this echo chamber because there's still yeah. different opinions. more of what you're looking for it'll always give you more that's the that's the algorithm isn't it you know you like yeah. something that's shocking and it you know you like cat videos it'll keep giving you cat videos <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. for me it's dog videos um, <laughs> that's what I do on Instagram and I caught myself on Instagram one day going down a rabbit hole getting read, 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 read. like oh puppies and I sat and watched puppies for about 20 minutes and you just get like the screen so now my search option when I go in is just all puppies <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, when I when, <laughs> when I first started on social media I didn't have, you know, I didn't have it. I was really late to the to the game. And then I wrote for Elephant Journal. I did an apprenticeship with Elephant Journal. And they were like, I want you to look at social media to be of benefit. And they're writing to be of benefit. So it's always, you know, the points are to bring up your own story, make it personal, relevant, but also help it be of benefit. So ask someone questions at the end of your article. Ask someone questions or bring up the beauty of life. And that's, you know, what I try to do is try to, you know, do a great shot or to make people think or whether anyone ever reads it, I don't know. But it's, that's what I want to put out there. That's what you want to project that. What are you thinking today? What are you thinking today? Um, and I think it is changing. I think the people that I follow now are, you know, but, you know, you always have a disagreement with people. You can always, like, let go, can't you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Friends that you have, yeah. and that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget about social media is you are in full control of what you see on that platform. If you don't like something, unfollow it, unfriend. It's no big deal. It's a microcosm of life. 
That's all it is. It's just a little screen of life. Because I'm reading um, Wayne Dyer's book, The Power of Intention. Yeah. And what he, he's talking about is like, what are you putting out? Because if you're putting out this negative energy, that's what you're getting back all the time. So putting out, how can you put a positive spin on, on this? How can you, you be yeah. a place with this? How can you create more abundance? Mm. I love Wayne Dyer. I, I love him. And, you know, one of my favourite quotes from him is, you know, you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes, yes. It's mm -hmm. about seeing everything from that different perspective every time. I should have it tattooed on me somewhere, really. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. For, uh, like, even that in our healing journeys, we, we both, that's what we both do. Because if, like, if I, if I only listen to certain people that are within the, the network of people I have to communicate with, oh, well, this is just the way it is, oh, negative, negative, negative. If I listened to them and believed them, that's where I would be. I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. I'm a, I'm an invalid, I'm a disabled person and blah, blah, blah. But I I am lucky that I, I've got the personality to just go, yeah, okay, whatever, I'm going to show you. I have found people like yourself, like Lilia, who go okay that's one way of looking at it but what if we spin it into this into this more positive way what can we do to heal and support ourselves what can we do to nurture and nourish ourselves might not get the the disease might still live in your body but can you manage it in a better way can yeah can you live a better life with it what what have you got to learn from it because that's what it's there for it's not um you know i think this kind of right you're broken if, you, if we can't fix you, then, you know, you're on that pile of, you know, I can remember my ex-husband doing it, like, oh, she's got great, you know, she keeps, I'm telling everybody, <laughs> I'll tell them, <laughs> I need to know, but it, it really, I think I used it to kind of manage, you know, if I was in a situation where I felt a bit overwhelmed, I'd say, oh, it's just me, I've just got this, you know, but I've tried to never, I've tried to never have, um, a disability and that's not because there's anything wrong with it but I for me if there's something wrong if you like or what people perceive as being wrong then what's it got to teach me what's it here to tell me because mm. you know more of the same you know I, I clearly haven't listened to my eyes and so now it's telling you and the way I would describe being diagnosed with Graves is I afterwards once I've got my body back into an alignment it was if I don't change the way I am I'm gonna slowly die inside mm. and that was the biggest lesson for me was what are you not giving yourself that you're trying to give everybody else and since reading the Gabo Mate um, book mm. yeah that was like oh yeah Oh, yeah, I get it. You know, what are you trying to give everybody that you can't look at in your own life? And so actually the, my remission came during lockdown, which was really hard. I just split for my husband. I lived in this tiny little village in this tiny little house. I was working where everyone else was off. It was a really difficult situation at work. And so I was coming home and there was no one there. Everyone I knew was living with somebody pretty much. Um, 
and that was incredibly hard. Uh, but it made me face my shit. It was like it's like being a, a dog being shown its shit. It was like yeah. okay, whatever you thought you were going to avoid, nah, uh, uh. <laughs> you're going to see it. <laughs> so yeah, every time I tried to escape, <laughs> yeah, and you have like you've turned turned it around, and you've been in remission for what a year now. Yeah, just over a year. So I'm still, I'm still really aware. And I, I mean, I wasn't I kind of, I wasn't really taking any meds. I went on a really low dose um, meds for my own, I think my own trust in my body again, because that was the issue that I had is that I couldn't trust it. I, I had no energy I had left in me when I had those times. I became really anxious. And it was like, is it graves or is it actually just me being anxious? So having that conversation for a little while was good for me um but yeah no meds for probably yeah about two years now um and it's good it feels good and I'm eating pretty normally I'm fully aware of what triggers me and my my skin all flared up this weekend because I was so tired and I'm like yeah you're not eating right you're not getting a kit you're drinking too much coffee chill we get on well whether it's a cold or whether it's a, a flare of an autoimmune condition if you look back over the week or the fortnight before the symptoms arrive you go uh yeah i see yeah, yeah. what was i doing if you're drinking alcohol if you're not sleeping if you're not eating very well if you're stressed, like all these things, they, they might go yeah. in that moment, but gradually over time they accumulate and then present as a yeah. symptom. It really is about that. It's really having that conversation with your own body and your own life. So, well, what? okay, so I ate that. But why did I eat that? Why was I, was I rushing? Was there something that I was trying to, because sugar was my big treat after I gave up drinking. It was like, so why are you eating it why did you need to treat yourself was it a treat would you even better off having an apple would you you know and obviously working in healthcare bowel movements are like my biggest obsession so (laughs) it's like when anyone says I feel dodgy I'm like when did you just go to the toilet so it's really (laughs) it's really like my all of my family are like oh my god she's off again talking about it but it's, it's actually that's the basis of everything what are you what are you shoveling in yourself? And that's everything, mind, body, spirit. What are you shoveling in yourself that's sticking in there, that's being held on to? And, you know, you look at that in a bodily function way, everything. I mean, really, you should be having three bowel movements a day. I know people that think it's normal to not have a bowel movement for two weeks. That's really, really, really hard for me to listen to and for people not to say, and, and then you hear other people going, yeah, no, me too. I'm like, Gillian <laughs> <laughs> um, McKeith, she was obsessed with people's poo and she got kind of slated for it, but it is a huge indicator of how things are functioning in your body. So if you're really constipated, you're holding on to too much, not yeah. drinking enough water, not eating enough fibre. Absolutely. Um, but diarrhea, there's the opposite. Masses of issues. Massive. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. such it's such a it's it's dirty <laughs> yeah well, you don't you don't talk about poo do you but I've always been okay with it really <laughs> poo shite whatever it's fine it's part of life isn't it it's just and I think I never I never I never really see anyone as 
is ill you know you just see people coming in that are a little bit you know when I worked in that environment you see people coming in at their worst you try to give them as much love as you can so they can go out a little bit better and start to you know feel better and I think that's probably my philosophy for life really is you've got to get to your worst moment sometimes mm-hmm. to be the best person that you can be yeah I think that's for sure yeah yeah I'm just a wee little time because that we've done about an hour um uh-huh. is there anything else that you want to chat about today I mean we I mean the healing rebel I like I like that kind of attitude anyway that healing rebel I really like it and I think I think we all need to start looking at things differently all of us you know this the system that we're working in at the moment isn't working for a start um so it's time for a turnaround and some and some will take a little bit longer than others but I think as long as we've got some you know way show as leaders like yourself that really want to change the world then it'll happen it'll absolutely happen I've got to start where you are don't look at somebody else and be like oh I want to be like them because I've done that like why are they not sick why am I sick oh yeah what's happening today what's the one thing you can do to make yourself feel a wee bit better and it might be lying on the couch watching something that makes you laugh Mm. that's okay or it might be going and getting a juicer and making yourself a juice or... Yeah, getting out for a walk or, yeah, doing whatever feels right. Somebody, like, yeah. something that really lost in the last couple of years has been allowed, not allowed to hug people. I mean, I still did, but uh-huh. only with permission. People are so weird now. It's like, I'm, I mean, I'm a big hugger, so it's really... I'm kind of coming up to people and they're like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that's right I just forget I just forget <laughs> but yeah like just simple things like that could be the start having a conversation with somebody that believes that you can be better that you can feel better that you can heal that is a game changer just having people around you that believe that it can happen it's a vision isn't it it's a vision for the future of I don't have to live like this anymore I, and I think that's what's coming out in a lot of my writing now is I don't, doesn't matter what anyone else tells you, you don't have to accept that. You don't have to accept what other people tell you. Um, yeah, you go your own way, people will drop away, they'll get pissed off, they'll, but often they'll come back as well and see that, you know, I mean, I just recently I've posted something about you know, moving up here and, and having that bravery and a girl that I hadn't spoken to for ages and, you know, had a conversation. I'm really sorry for what had happened. And, and it's funny, isn't it, how once you take your own path, it's hard. And, you, you know, and that sense of losing people is really hard. And it's, and it's been really hard for me incredibly hard there's been really moments of being alone but it's knowing in my gut that it has to be this way for me to understand myself that little bit more and if I don't then I'm just going to repeat those same patterns over and over again yeah yeah you definitely feel lonely yes you definitely feel lonely at times and know that that's okay Mm -hmm. difficult but it's okay and then just being able to then reach out and say, hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you 
messaged me and were like, hi, we followed each other. Do you want to meet up for a coffee? And we did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think it encourages you to seek those people out that you wouldn't normally because of, you know, you don't want to look weird or, you know, I think, well, well past that anyway. So, I mean, I, <laughs> well past looking weird. I think everyone's sort of weird since I was about 10. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy in my weirdness. <laughs> but yeah, it is reaching out to the right people. I think that's you know, and you know, at the moment with the people that you're finding in your life that can really support you with their skills, yeah. but also they want to help you because they love mm-hmm. you, and they might have probably had similar journeys as well. That's normally the classic case. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where's the best place for people to find out more about what you do, your workshops, classes, etc.? Yeah, so online, Instagram is my main home, I would have said. And I'm starting a weekly journal now. So I've always written a newsletter since I moved up here, but I'm I'm making it a little bit more. My writing is definitely coming through a lot more, and that's that's a real expression for me. And it always has been as a child. So sign up and get a newsletter or journal you'll get a free kind of musings for the week but yeah so that's on my website and sign up there and um, all of my links are on my bio on my instagram or my facebook page drop from yoga therapy so yeah i'll put all them in the show notes so that people can just go to the show notes and then be able to yeah. click so they can find you. and if you've got any like this is going to go out what month are we in <laughs> January January 2020 um, so better go out in a week or not in two, about two weeks so towards yep. the end of January 2020 do you have any workshops or anything coming up yeah so I will have monthly workshops and they're all based on um, a course that I developed a program that I developed around autoimmunity too so if there's things that are in your body or whatever that you're struggling with, but you don't want to commit fully to the program, then keep an eye out. I'm going to do some monthly workshops to teach a little bit more about my process, which was, you know, reduce stress, improve sleep, start clearing out the clutter a little bit so that we can start to move forward a little bit better. And that will be at Westbourne Clinic in um, West End of Glasgow. And then I will be having monthly possible bi-monthly workshops at San Calpa Yoga Studio um near Rutherglen. So yeah, that's where I'll be doing it. and online too. I'm doing a lot more online, some morning meditations. I've I've got a five weeks to freedom course which is very similar if you're feeling like you're struggling a little bit or just feeling a little bit lost or you're heading towards that autoimmune yeah. journey and you feel like you want to have a bit of a reset then that's perfect too. And I'm taking so, yeah, brilliant. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So I'll put all those links in the show notes. Lovely. Um, I will end the podcast now, and then we'll have a wee quick chat before you go. So thank you so much for your time thank this morning. You. Thank you for your story and your wisdom and our little um, tangent chats. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs>